Good evening, world. This is the podcast I surpassed, and your hostess, Laura Cattell. Welcome back. Feeling a little bit better today. Feeling a little bit better today. It's been a weird week. Let's just put it that way. Okay, so we went over in a two-parter Mr. Dooley's insights on relationships. And it was quite jam-packed with necessary things to remember, not just in personal relationships, but also in relationships across the board. Right? Your general daily interactions, people you meet, your co-workers, friendships, um, siblings, familial relations. So... I'll go back over the 10 real quick. Real quick, because obviously that would take way too long for me to go back in detail. Number one, beyond what's necessary, shed all behavioral expectations you may have for your partner. Number two, dwell on what's right. Why? Because what we focus on, we multiply. This is the law of manifesting, or through the law of attraction. Whatever you focus on, you make more of. So dwell on what's right, you will get more of what's right. Vice versa, don't dwell on the differences that are tearing you apart. All right, number three, don't assume. That sounds like such sound advice, yet so many people don't use it. Number four, accept that there will be challenges. There will always be challenges. A relationship is nothing without its challenges. Challenges is what make the relationship go stronger. Hold on a second. Sorry about that. All right, number five. Let the other person love you in his or her own way. Right, we all have ideas of how we'd like to be treated. The problem is is that other person has absolutely no idea what the fuck they're going in on inside your head. But they still love you. So you gotta let them love you in their way. And learn to recognize what that looks like. Number six, talk smart. And he puts it as talking is the most important ingredient for a sexual relationship, but I would add that it's critical to choose your words wisely. Your talking can do as much damage, if not more, than silence. Number seven, accept responsibility for your feelings. This isn't about what happened, it's about how you reacted to it. Right? The only thing you can control is yourself. So how did you react? Why did you react that way? And why did you choose to react that way? Because you did. Number eight. Fight fire with kindness. When two people are angry, twice the damage is done. Not just personally, but to the relationship as well. Number nine. Have your own life in your own interests. And strive to be as fulfilled outside the relationship as you hope to be within it. Alright, not to put an unnecessary burden on the other person of them being responsible for your happiness, but also to yourself. If you're pinning your happiness on someone else and something happens to that someone else, there goes your happiness. Not to say that you shouldn't be happy with that person, but they shouldn't be the sole source Okay, because when you are happy on your end, excuse me, when you're happy on your end, then the happiness in the relationship becomes magnified. And it's a win-win for everybody. Mm. 
number 10, which is to me really a continuation of number nine, is make your own happiness job number one. Because by you being happy, then other people are happy, and it's just a happy, happy, love, love, love joy circle. And to recap that last one, just real quick. There still seems to be a pervasive belief in the world that if one person succeeds, it must be at the expense of another. This sure wasn't true when Thomas Edison discovered the light bulb, or when Steve Jobs introduced the iPod and iPhone. And so too will you exponentially add to the joy of your relationships when you make your happiness job number one. If you want to listen to those two, you can go back and have a listen over thoughts on relationships, part one and part two. Not going to go back into them real deep here. Um, we did that in the last two podcasts. What we left off at yesterday was irreconcilable differences. And we will get into that right after I do my shout out to my industry peeps, all my restaurant guys and gals out there in Foodland. Um, as I periodically do to remind my listeners, I do my shout out to the restaurant industry because it was my first career. I did really well at it. And when COVID hit, there were daily suicide posts from members of the cooking community for whom cooking was their life. They couldn't sense themselves doing it anymore for whatever reason. When they lost their job, they just lost the will to go on. And after two months of constant suicide posts of Hey, we lost this person today. Hey, we lost this one today. Hey, we lost this one today. And it will always be the reason. Suicide. So, I started doing this to put more positive energy back into the system. This is the only thing I could do on my end with the limited resources that I had. So at least I did something. And maybe it worked. I haven't seen any posts like that from those pages and at least seven seven months now eight months now haven't seen any so you know maybe my little bit helped so if you are in the restaurant industry and or any industry for that matter but if you're struggling and you feel like you can't go on please don't do something you can't take back you are not the point you are at in your life you're so much more don't give up on yourself Don't give up on yourself. Don't quit. Don't quit. Alrighty. Irreconcilable differences. What of relationships that seem to have irreconcilable differences? Just the thought of that hurts, doesn't it? And the reason it hurts so much, other than compassion and love being your natural born inclination, is because we tend to look at everything in such black and white terms. No relationship is ever truly over, and as hard as it may seem to believe sometimes, no love is ever lost. We are eternal. We are timeless. And so are our connections with one another. We are fooled by our physical senses into believing that something is gone. 
blinding us to what has been gained, but whether or not we sense the gain, it's still imparted. Now love is ever lost because whether or not the relationship continues, the good compounds and its effects will outlast any pain or suffering in the long run. What truly hurts when a relationship ends is our pride. But as I said before, this kind of pain is priceless when it comes to uncovering our so-called invisible limiting beliefs. Use the pain, trace it back to its source, and get a handle on why you feel less when obviously you're exact excuse me, when obviously you're the exact same person you were prior to feeling it. Alright. <clears throat> what if you're in a relationship that seems to have irreconcilable differences and you want to know if you'd be better served by moving on? This is a tough call, and the best advice is the age-old adage my mother likes to use. When you don't know what to do, don't do anything. Wait. Wait until you do know. Because if you stay true to yourself, eventually you will reach the point of knowing. Your relationship must be serving you, either directly or indirectly, for it to be worth having. And when I say serve, I mean you must either be having fun or learning, or preferably, though not necessarily, both. So let's unpack that just a little bit. What is an irreconcilable difference? It's a difference you can't get over. You can't reconcile it with something that's going on inside. Remember, it's you can't reconcile something going on inside. To them, it's perfectly fine. To you, it's a I can't stand this kind of line in the sand. So that's an irreconcilable difference. And sometimes you do move on from relationships, and it hurts. A lot. But as he says here, and I have to agree, you either have to be learning or having fun. Preferably, although not necessarily, both. Alright. As much as I'm not advocating for catastrophe or breakups or struggles or any of that kind of thing. Excuse me. Pain like that is one of life's greatest teachers. It is a sharp and immediate reminder of the realities of the physical world that we live in and how our actions affect others. Alright. Those kind of instances are the places where we grow the most. Remember that. Okay, so the next little bit is about relationships at work. Can you guess what your most relationship is at work? Hmm? Why, it's the relationship you have with your work itself. Everything and everyone else comes in a distant second place. Your work whether it's at home raising kids or in the office of an employer, 
is what you give back to the world. In spiritual circles, we hear so much that you should give, give, give in order to receive, receive, receive. I think we need another word in our vocabulary. One for giving yourself to life, because normally the word give implies charity. And that's not the kind of giving I'm talking about. I'm talking about plugging yourself into life so that the world will continue to turn, giving your time, talents, and passions. And if you're getting paid for it, great! Our work is how we create and contribute, and it's how we make the biggest difference with our lives. Look at the big picture for a moment. Our civilization, throughout much of the world, has finally reached a point where most of us don't have to live off the land. We've got so much momentum going that our society has created an endless number of jobs, all of which are vital for us to be enjoying the quality of lives we already have. We all work together, seamlessly, magically, without even realizing how one hand washes the other or how valuable and indispensable your own contributions are. It's like we all carry batons in a great relay race, though we're completely unaware of the end destination and of the importance of each and every runner. Working is giving in the truest sense of the word, no matter how underpaid or overpaid you may feel. And your relationship to your work should begin with understanding its indisputable value to others as much as to yourself. I gotta say, that's not exactly where I, th I saw that one going when I first saw it was supposed to be on relationships at work. Or basically, the relationship you have with work. And I would say... Oh, how do I put this? The work we do is what we give back to the world in form of real time, right? We are the... Every person is the cog in the machine, as they say. Every single part necessary, although we can't see what parts we play sometimes. Once you figure out how to get your manifesting game on, just make sure that you find work that is fulfilling. I had a thought and then it just escaped me. And I apologize. It had something to do with work. But just like he said, uh, the, the common denominator in all the relationships that you've ever had in your life is what? You. The first relationship you have at work, never mind your bosses, your coworkers, anybody else, is your relationship with your work. Okay? So even when you're doing something that you're underpaid for and you're just starting off and you're getting all the bumps and bruises that enlighten you to how to navigate the pitfalls farther down the road, as painful as those steps are, they're just bumps in the road. They're stepping stones. And sometimes, unfortunately, you need the wind knocked out of you so you can realize where you really were standing. I meant to say that one earlier when we were talking about the other relationship, but 
It's a time delay reaction. I apologize. I'm not a cheap Chinese movie. Okay. So relationships at home. For your relationships at home, particularly with your children. Keep in mind this important perspective. Children must be respected as spiritual beings with a lineage as long and as ancient as your own. They are fellow adventurers, simply sharing your time and space. And each is unique with his or her own lessons, objectives, and journeys ahead. Don't try to force children or your relationships with them to fit any preconceived ideas. Not every child will be, will be intellectual or academically inclined, emotionally compassionate, outgoing and friendly, or even playful and happy. But whatever the child's unique personality, it's part of the chemistry he or she chose to maximize his or her learning and happiness in this lifetime. Accept your children for who they are and your relationship with them for what it is. This doesn't mean that you won't offer guidance or even lay down some hard rules. You have a responsibility to do both. And it doesn't mean there shouldn't be an ongoing attempt to make their life and your relationship with them better and better. It just means appreciating their differences, approving of them, and encouraging them to march to the beat of their own drummer. Few things in life can be a catalyst for so much pain or so much joy as our relationships with one another. Because these relationships so harshly expose our beliefs in the duality of our physical world, where everything seems either very good or very bad, while we seemingly stand helpless before it. But we're never helpless but we're never helpless to change the circumstances of our lives, as long as we do not look in the physical to ch affect these changes. Oh goodness. So long as we do not look to the physical world to affect these changes. Look within. Seek first to understand and thereby love yourself. As spiritual beings, we must go within to affect changes, which means working on our thoughts and beliefs about other people and with our beliefs on how they affect us. When becoming aware of these beliefs, watch yourself and listen to all you think, say, and do. Because the, sho because the shocking truth is that you're actually eliciting certain behaviors from everyone you come in contact with based on your beliefs, perceptions, and dispositions in each evolving moment. To make the best of your relationships, realize that the people in your life are chosen. They have been chosen by you to enhance your learning and happiness just as you've been chosen by them, perhaps to light their darkened path. I'd expect that while reading this chapter, you wish to time or two that whomever you might be in a relationship with right now would take to heart some of the points I've made. But you know people don't open up to new ideas, even helpful ideas, until they're ready. 
which means that very likely you're the one who's going to have to lead the way for the moment. And you're the one who will sometimes have to settle for not having the last word. It'll come back to you, however, not only in the way of having better relationships, but when all is said and done, you'll see how your patience and goodness rippled out into humanity, raising us all a notch or two higher into the light. And that is the end of chapter nine. Ooh. Might want to get a pad and pencil for the next couple podcasts as we go into chapter 10, Tools and Techniques. My favorites. Right next to Mr. Dooley's um, talks about his uh, stories for himself. Ah, excuse me. Goodness. Words. I can words. Uh-huh. I can English. All right. Good points, though, right? Relationships have the power to really drop us to our knees when we're... When we're really afraid of losing them, when we're really attached to them, when we've developed a relationship with them, right? They help make our lives richer. And as such, and we let them into our personal spaces and show them our vulnerabilities, right? We show them an enormous amount of trust, which makes us feel even more vulnerable. Relationships can be a bitch. If you are having, <laughs> makes a good point. I'm gonna say the good that point first. You can't control other people. If they don't want to learn it yet, they're not gonna. Nothing you can say or do is gonna make them. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. You can lead a human to knowledge, but you can't make them think. Remember, nobody else will value what you value in the way that you value it. To you, this might be the thing that you're looking for. To someone else, it might seem overbearing or in your face or you trying to tell them how to do things. Some people just have that perspective. You can introduce it to them and say, hey, I'd like to try. But it's... You're not going to affect their motivation level much if you get all rah-rah, sis, boom on them. Okay? So just focus on working on yourself. And if they notice a change, they'll be like, yes, yes, I am. Yes, I am changing. I'm changing for the better. And if I'd love to show you how I did that. Some people get really weirded out by it. I don't know. Some people don't. Some people don't. So. All right. So we will come back tomorrow at... Tools and Techniques in Chapter 10. I think we have a lot of relationship stuff to ponder and mull over and ponder again. Alright, go ahead and do a little wiggle and get in a little stretch and we will do our two minute brain break.
Alrighty. Go ahead and close your eyes. And let's take a deep, nourishing, nourishing breath in. Let's real deep. Take another nice, slow, deep breath in. Today we're going to do just a little, little exercise. I want you to visualize as best you can what your work would look like if it were a person you could walk up and talk to. What would that look like? It would be a guy or a girl, brown hair, blonde, black. Purple, green, I don't know. Are they tall? Are they short? Are they thin? Are they husky? Are they built? If your work could look like a person, I want you to visualize what that person looks like right now. that person in front of you? Good. I want you to walk up to that person. I want you to walk up and say, hello, work. Thank you for being in my life and being such an enriching and welcoming addition to my life. Thank you for giving me an avenue to give back to the world. And I want you to talk to this avatar of work as if your job, the work you're doing now, is the most beautifully rewarding thing that you ever have dreamed of doing. You're beaming, you're full of pride and happiness and joy and you're fulfilled. I want you to tell work all these things. How you want your job to go. I want you to tell work all these things. Have that conversation as long as you want. And when you're ready, open your eyes. I'll give you a minute or two.
interesting little exercise, but it's fantastic with its results. It's putting the situation in the form of a person that you can talk to, interact with, that has a face that you can imagine. Because what you're really doing is you're really interacting with the energy of whatever that thing is. Right? So you want work to be fulfilling. Create an avatar and tell work, thank you for all the wonderful, fulfilling work that I'm doing. I really appreciate it. Sometimes it helps. I hope you enjoyed that. Tomorrow we will come back at chapter 10. Tools and techniques. Even more good stuff. Woohoo! Alright guys. <clears throat> thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being patient. I so greatly appreciate it. You have no idea how much I appreciate your being patient. I, I so much do. Thank you so, so much. I will see you guys tomorrow. Have a fantastic rest of your evening. This is the podcast, Sassafras. Good night. <laughs>